Now, my youngest son, Sam, finished his first season of futsal, a kind of indoor soccer. It was an interesting experience for us, as the first day Sam played, he'd never even seen a game of futsal. He didn't know the rules and he'd never met his teammates. Uh, We were to meet one of the boys' mums outside who had the team shirts, and thankfully they had the kids' names on the back so we could start to learn those. Their first game is, as you would expect, having uh, met each other just a few minutes before, they lost, and pretty convincingly. But as the season progressed, this small group of players started to bond. They made friendships. They learned each other's strengths and weaknesses. They spread out more on the field. They ran in support and they passed. They played less selfishly and more for the good of the team. The climax was their last game of the season. Having not had much success through the year, I watched this group play their little hearts out and they came out with a win. The difference from the start of the season was stark. This was a team playing like a team for the good of the team. They were all in for their collective success. And that day it showed on the scoreboard. Well, there are no shortage of teamwork catchphrases out there. This is a popular topic, uh, not just in kids' sports, but in many aspects of life. You've probably heard a few of these before. There is no I in team. A job worth doing is worth doing together. And one up on the screen here, team, together, everyone achieves more. Something that really captures the essence of a team. Well, our topic today, at the end of this letter to the Philippians, is Christian giving, specifically for gospel ministry. In our context, that is giving financially for ministry here at Bagara, paying our minister, sending uh, money for support for our missionaries, the Edwards family serving in Ireland, uh, and Matt Osborne doing a ministry traineeship in Brisbane. Giving for gospel ministry is also our service, our singing, our running Sunday kids or creche, welcoming setup, and so on. But giving, especially our financial giving, is often thought of as a solo activity. God's word, the Bible even tells us in Matthew 6 not to let the left hand know what the right hand is doing when we give to the needy. But today in Philippians 4, we see Christian giving in the context of giving for ministry um, as a gospel partnership. That's Christians all in for the progress of the gospel, not partially in, not hedging their bets, not in for themselves, but together committed to giving generously for the advancement of God's kingdom. Our passage today explores giving for gospel work not as a solo pursuit, but as part of a great big team project, something much bigger and better than one of those teamwork phrases, much bigger and better than other partnerships that we can give ourselves to. Well, maybe you've heard the topic just now, uh, Christian giving, and you've already switched off. Well, that's not for me, you might think. 
Perhaps you decided some time ago what you would give. You might have even gone on the church website, uh, set up a direct deposit, but you haven't really thought much about it since. Maybe you think to yourself, giving and serving, yeah, no worries, I've got that box ticked. Well, today as we look at this final passage from Philippians, I invite us all to ask an important question. As we consider our giving, am I all in on gospel partnership? And today we'll be exploring this question in three parts, firstly from verses 10 to 13, Christian giving and the gospel mindset. From verses 14 to 17, Christian giving, grace rewarded with grace. And verses 18 to 20, Christian giving, a response of thankfulness. In preparation for today, I asked my eldest son, Tom, how they teach essay structure these days. He tells me, firstly, there's an intro where the main idea is raised. Then there's a bunch of points all supporting that main idea. And finally, a conclusion which ties back to the introduction and reinforces that main idea again. I was glad to learn that they haven't changed that in the last 20 plus years since I was at school. If you read the whole letter of Philippians, you'll notice that's what Paul did 2,000 years ago. He began and finished with this idea of gospel partnership. Look back with me at the start of the letter, chapter 1, verses 3 to 7, where the Apostle Paul writes... I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you all since I have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. So right from the very first few verses, we see this idea of gospel partnership introduced. A partnership to see the gospel, that is, the good news about Jesus, spread to others. A few verses down in verse 27, we see a bit about what this partnership looks like. Gospel partnership is an active striving and contending. Every member of a church, as diverse as we are, working together. A wholehearted engagement in Christian ministry to promote God's glory to the watching world. If you're a Christian, that is what you are, a partner in the gospel with all of those sitting here with you today. Even if you don't think of yourself as being in partnership, if Jesus has become your Lord and Saviour, the reality is God has made you a partner with other Christians so that we would strive together as one to spread the good news about Jesus. So now as we pick up in chapter 4, verse 10 we see Paul conclude this letter in the same way that he started it, with gospel partnership in action. Paul is rejoicing at their renewed concern. 
their willingness to once again give when he was in need. The foundation of his joy is not the gifts that he'd received, but their concern for him, their partnership in the gospel being lived out in their giving to see the gospel advance through Paul's ministry. The word translated here as concern is more than just financial and practical support, but it's an attitude, a state of mind. This is the exact word translated back in chapter 2, verse 5, as mindset. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And what was that mindset? Well, chapter 2 goes on to tell us that God, the maker of heaven and earth, took on human form. He made himself nothing. He gave himself up on the cross. He gave us everything. This mindset is a self-sacrificing one, a concern that is more interested in the needs of others, a gospel-hearted attitude of selfless service for others. And that's the sort of Christian giving that makes Paul rejoice and a beautiful example of this gospel mindset. Another example is Paul as the receiver of these gifts. He too models a gospel mindset when he says, I have learned to be content in all things. And this is an impressive list of things to be content in. In need, in plenty, well-fed or hungry, in plenty or in want. Those things are all irrelevant compared to gospel progress. Those worldly concerns have been set aside compared to the greater concern of God's glory. I personally find this challenging. I much prefer to have plenty than to be in need, to be well-fed than to be hungry. I don't like the very idea of being in want. And in Paul's context, this was serious needs, serious hunger and serious want for the very basics of life. So we sit with Paul's contentment and we see the gospel mindset that says it's not about the money, it's not about the gifts, it's about the progress of the gospel. Paul gets it, the Philippian Christians get it. These are lives that are all in for the gospel. So as readers, there's an impossible application for us here too, one that says we could be partially in. Maybe we serve at church so we don't feel the need to give financially. Perhaps we give financially so we don't feel the need to serve. I'll just outsource that bit for someone else. Maybe we're all in for two hours on a Sunday, but the rest of our week looks no different from anyone else's. The gospel mindset that's all in on gospel partnership gives self-sacrificially, often at great personal cost, in the likeness of our own saviour Jesus for the progress of the gospel. Are we really all in on gospel partnership? Another thing to notice from this passage is that gospel partnership is not just a two-way thing. This passage is not just about Paul and the Philippians, 
But there's a third element to this partnership. Look with me at verse 10 again. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. And again in verse 13, I can do all this, that is to be content in all things, through him who gives me strength. Gospel partnership is far greater than worldly team building. It's not the warm, fuzzy feeling that you get watching the futsal or whatever your favourite team sport is, or even being part of a high-functioning team yourself. Gospel partnership surpasses all of these because God himself is intimately involved. An application of this is how we think about church. I'm thankful for our church, the ways I see partnership and service playing out. But if that's all it was, a lovely, safe, caring community serving one another, but without God involved, it would be just like any other social club. No, the gospel partnership is much, much bigger than that. Our church is part of God's kingdom growing It's his name being made great. We're a community of ordinary people growing up together in him. A people taking on the mindset of Jesus, learning to love one another for his glory, giving ourselves up that more might be added to his number. That on that great and glorious day of his return, we, along with all the saints, would rejoice in his grace to many that we got to watch the great God of the Bible at work here at Bagara, in Brisbane and in Ireland, and indeed with all Christians everywhere. So the gospel mindset is more than a two-way partnership, but a wonderfully glorious three-way partnership, a partnership of surpassing worth a partnership being worth being all in for. That brings us now to our second point, grace rewarded with grace from verses 14 to 17. Verse 14 begins, Yet it was good for you to share in my troubles. And verse 17, Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire that is that more be credited to your account. In our giving and receiving, our financial support and practical serving for gospel ministry here at Begara, what's surprising is there's an idea of reward attached. To be very clear, this passage is not saying we can earn our way to heaven or that giving now will see our financial gain now. But it was good for the Philippians to give. It's good for us to give. Jesus said it is better to give than to receive. And this is from someone who was about to give everything for us. There is real reward in Christian giving. So let's try and understand what's going on here. Back in chapter 1, verse 6, we read earlier, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. As we reflect on our giving, we remember that God began that good work in us. 
which is all grace, an undeserved gift from God himself. God reached out to us and he saved us while we were still sinners. And that is all grace. He will carry it on, grace, until the day of Christ Jesus. Grace. The Christian life begins, is sustained by, and has a certain and uh, a wonderful future hope, all by grace. The provision of our finances, grace. The gifts that we pour out in service to God, all provided for and sustained by God himself, grace. And this reward that Paul speaks of in verse 14 and 17 is yet more grace. Augustine once wrote, God crowns not our merits, but his gifts. The idea that we would be rewarded for what God gave us to give in the first place, it's just yet more mind-blowing, wonderful grace. Let me say up front that if you're visiting us today, we don't want your money. You're our guest. This next bit is for those who call this their local church, who support gospel ministry here at Bagara Presbyterian. God encourages us to be wholehearted in gospel partnership for our own good. And so we don't hold back in urging one another to give and be involved in the support of God's work in and through our giving. So give. Give freely. Give financially. Give practically. Give so it hurts. Say yes to service when it's outside your comfort zone. Give so that grace might abound more and more through our giving. That in our giving, that is completely resourced and enabled by God himself, that we might marvel at his increasing grace as he chooses to reward us. What a worthy investment. What a thing to be all in for. Let's pause for a moment now and reflect on what sort of investors we are. For we all invest in something. At times that might be our bank balance, our career success, our popularity, our reputation, whatever that might look like for you. Can we say like Paul, I have learned to be content in all situations? Probably not. Where's my contentment when I'm dreaming of a bigger, better camping setup? A better boat, a newer car, a nicer house. The Bible teaches us that such worldly investments, moth and rust will destroy. You can't take it with you. So is it worth being all in for? But an investment that's eternal, well, that's different. When we invest in what lasts forever, when we give our time and money to see more come to know the hope that we have in Jesus, to be saved, to spend an eternity with God in praise of him for his glory. Oh, what reward of yet more grace there is in that sort of investment. Gospel partnership is a partnership worth pursuing with everything we have because it is grace rewarded with yet more grace. 
a wonderful undeserved gift on top of an undeserved gift. And our final and third point today, Christian giving a response of thankfulness from verse 18 to 20. Verse 18 speaks of their giving as a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And this is not familiar language for us today, but in the Old Testament there were types of sacrifice. One type was for the forgiveness of sin, and that's the picture we have of Jesus sacrificing himself to pay the penalty for our sin. The ultimate sacrifice, a sinless lamb given for us, a sinful people. Another type of Old Testament sacrifice was one of thankfulness, having had our sins forgiven. It was called a thank offering. And this type of sacrifice would be burned with the aroma rising to God. Maybe the smell of slow-cooked meat springs to mind. Well, it did for me. This thank offering is not about earning brownie points with God. We don't give financially or serve at church to make God happy with us. And God doesn't need it. But we give as a response, as God's children, for his generosity. Our giving to gospel ministry is a great big thank you to God. A beautiful picture of a thankful heart for all he has done. Liz and I were uh, reminiscing about times like this with our three kids. And going through our special things box last week, we found this wonderful creation. Charlotte, our daughter, as a roughly six-year-old, made this. She thought of it herself. She put it together all herself. And she gave it freely as a gift to her mum. And Liz cherishes this. You might not find this in the latest homewares store, but because of the heart behind the giving, that Charlotte, as a small child, wanted to say thank you to her mum. That's what makes this special. And that's the essence of Paul's words here. God doesn't look at the gift itself, but God looks at the heart of those giving. We don't give to please God. We don't give to tick a box. We don't give to show others what great givers we are. Instead, we respond to God with a deeply thankful heart. And the gift given freely as a wonderful and thankful response to God's grace is the gift that's pleasing to him. And to conclude with verse 20, the purpose of all of our giving is that God might be glorified, that his name might be made great as we say thank you from our hearts. In summary, Christian giving is not about the money. It's not about the service, but a gospel mindset. Grace rewarded with grace and the response of a thankful heart a heart that's all in for gospel ministry. How about we pray in response? Let's bow our heads. 
Lord God, we thank you for all that you are and all that you have done. We thank you for reaching out to us, for beginning a good work in us and carrying it on even now. Lord God, capture our hearts for you. Help us to be on about you in all that we do and say. Lord, help us to be a self-sacrificing people, considering others' needs above our own. Lord, we thank you that you saved us into partnership with your people here on earth. Lord, help us to live as partners in the gospel, committed to seeing your good news reach more people here in Bagara. Help us to give generously to your work, not because we have to, but out of thankfulness for all that you have done. Lord God, continue your good work in each of us and help us to be all in for you. In Jesus' great name we pray. Very good. I'll invite our music team 